This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, happy Valentine's Day to you, too. That is the After Party Live on Wednesday, February 14th. February. Thank you very much. And uh, I like this, the color change to pink. Before we get, really get into all this stuff, I do have a, a breaking news story. Oh, wait. Um, wait, breaking yeah. news? Yeah. Wait, hold on. After Party Live, breaking news. Unfortunately, we really do have something to tell you, and it is that at the uh, rally and parade today for the Kansas City Chiefs, where more oh. than a million people were uh, in Kansas City celebrating their Super Bowl teams, uh, football team Super Bowl win, shots were fired. All right. Two people have been arrested. At least 10 people shot. We don't know the um, extent of their injuries. But let's take a look at the CNN report. Uh, that the shooting was actually related to the event. It may turn out to be that case as law enforcement gathers information. But law enforcement is providing information in real time as it's coming out. I'll give you the latest uh, verbatim what they said. This is short, but this is the latest that they know. They say that shots were fired west of Union Station near a garage and multiple people were struck. We took two armed people into custody for more investigation. So again, no indication right now that they were targeting this crowd. Uh, they did indicate the two people taken into custody. Uh, we don't know if this was some type of shooting between two parties or if they indeed were you know, trying to target victims. But that is important to point out. We've seen a number of incidents that all three of us have covered over the years with active shooter events where they actually will target a crowd. Right now, no indication that that is the case, but they have two people that are in custody. They say that multiple people were, quote, struck. Uh, and then you can only imagine in an event like this where you have people who are fleeing in this chaotic situation, the number of potential additional injuries there as people are trying to uh, get away from the sound of gunfire. So a lot for authorities uh, to handle there on the ground. We see on some of our imagery here just this massive police presence that was already on site due to uh, this uh, celebration post-Super Bowl. And some of the imagery we saw, you, you saw officers with their service weapons drawn uh, doing what are called clearing operations, clearing potential areas. Areas. There was one a video where they're going down a stairwell with their guns drawn. All of that is trying to ensure that there is no longer a threat that is ongoing. And of course, in a situation like this that is so chaotic, uh, you want to ensure that there aren't people who are fleeing and maybe you know hiding or may have uh, been injured uh, that need attention. And so, a lot of work yeah. for law enforcement still to be done. So that's what's happening. Again, ten people injured, two under arrest. Uh, it's unclear what the target was, but what an absolute nightmare when you have a million people that the parade happened and then on the stage at the end of the parade, this is where in the area where shots were fired and they said immediately everyone get out. The police issued a statement saying everyone get out of this area. So you have this mass evacuation, not the way the chiefs uh, wanted to see this victory parade and good times for the, the city work out. So uh, bad end to that. Yeah, uh, can't say um, can't say I'm surprised. It's sad, no. but this is the government we have, and this is the system we have, and the people's unwillingness to to meet the to meet the day, to meet the issue, to adjust to yeah. um, the advances and advancements in gun technology, and um, being unwilling to uh, put your you know religious conservative views, um, yeah. individual desire to have a weapon that could kill people um 
just because you're misinterpreting the Second Amendment. I think it's sad. It's tragic. And um, I don't know what we do. Um, maybe there just maybe there needs to be a serious anti-gun uh, pack that we all support and outspend them. I mean, what else can we do at this point? Now they're saying upwards of 10 people, so likely more than 10 people injured. And again, we don't know the conditions of anyone. Uh, but this is this is the start of we can't have nice things, right? This is the start of we don't get the Super Bowl parade. Yeah. We don't get the victory parade. Giants win the, the uh, World Series. We don't get that parade anymore. Well, as long as these gun people care more about themselves mm -hmm. and their guns than the well-being of our society as a whole and, and mm -hmm. thinking about other people and other people's children, then this is what we get. It's sad. It's really, really sad. So my heart goes out to the people of Kansas City. You know, we, we would have wanted that parade here in the Bay Area with a 49ers win. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry that it ended up this way for you guys. Just heart squat to anybody affected by this. Not that that makes a difference. Thoughts and prayers are doing nothing. But um, but I feel for you. So Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, speaking okay. of hearts, uh, yeah. we'll, you'll, you'll keep us updated if, um, yeah, if there are developments. But um, yeah. it is... It is Valentine's Day, and um, what's the general consensus? Uh, are we celebrating Valentine's Day? Is it Galentine's Day? Uh, <laughs> is the anti-Valentine's uh, anti Day uh, sentiment uh, around this year? What do you think? Uh, well, at my house, we celebrate it. I give the kids a little basket of goodies, mm -hmm. so they got their little baskets at the breakfast table. I got flowers today and oh. a little chocolate and a croissant, so that was nice. Okay. Uh, husband, so I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah, from the husband. Okay. So <laughs> you that guy, yourself. you know, the other guy who lives here. <laughs> as long as you're not getting it yourself. No, you're but I, <laughs> it's okay if you get it. We were just talking about that on the Mark Thompson show. Like if you get buy yourself a present, treat yourself to something that you enjoy, that you like and, you know, and ways to take care of yourself. What now? And then go cry in the corner. And then, no, don't cry in a corner. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, there is an anti-Valentine's Day, uh, anti Day uh, movement, and apparently it's gaining strength. So we'll, uh, the, the opening line here in this article is, let's be honest. <laughs> Valentine's, <Yeah>. Day, <laughs> Valentine's Day <laughs> has more potential to hurt, harm, terrorize, and traumatize people than anything Halloween serves up, from the card and the carnation campaigns that decimate kids' self-esteem in classrooms. That's one thing, you know, if you don't get the Valentine's Day card mm -hmm. as a kid. To the endless stream of uh, pop-up ads saying, I love you. Say, I love you with chicken. Uh, the start... <laughs> I haven't received <laughs> that one. The start of February is triggering for anyone who isn't feeling it. Dark hearts have always abounded. Um, and, and we see around us an uprising in two ways. There are more anti-Valentine's Day messages, said Barbara Bickert. Uh, associate professor of marketing at the Questrom School of Business at Boston University, like nails with black, dark d daggers. Nail designs are a big one. They can say nope, ew, no, or have tiny little middle fingers and hearts slashed with a no sign. Oh. Etsy has a parade of snarky t-shirts, cards, candles, and candy, all aggressively anti-Valentine's Day. Um, they said that searches for this kind of merch increased by 14% this year compared to last, hmm. and that the anti-Valentine's Day t-shirts are especially hot this year, 34% hotter than they were in 2023. Hey, guess what? If your whole point is that you don't want to spend money on Valentine's Day, buying anti-Valentine's Day stuff still means you're spending money for Valentine's well, Day. Maybe it's not about the money. Maybe it's just about yeah. the message. Yeah. Um, one sign says, love is in the air. Try not to breathe <laughs> with a combat <laughs> gas mask or a fries before guys tumbler. Um, another one says, maybe st uh, says uh, stay away, Cupid. 
as a sofa pillow. That might be right for your apartment. Almost a third of people said that they aren't celebrating a traditional Valentine's Day, um, but they'll um, still mark it somehow. 3% by purchasing one of these dark and delightful gifts, according to the National Retail Federation. Um, I don't know. If you think it's funny, uh, it says here it's helping people reclaim control and assert themselves, rejecting the hearts and flowers narrative, strangling them. I say whatever works for you. Yeah. What's, what say you, uh, people in the chat? What say mm. you, Kim? You can accept I, that, though. I don't say do it. What makes you happy? You know, if you don't want right. to celebrate it, don't celebrate it. If you want to Maybe celebrate, you're going out with your gal pals or um, Galentine's. Yeah, they, and, uh, I heard Mark was telling me Galentine's was yesterday. I thought Galentine's was supposed to take the place of Valentine's Day. So you, if you didn't have a love interest, that you could spend it with your friends, and it would, you know, be yeah. That started from Parks and Rec, time. like right. Yeah. Um, it it says it's typically marked on on uh, february 13th mm -hmm. but can be observed any day yeah well there you go i like the idea of gallant so i guess they want to give it its own day so i do feels... have an update on this story uh there has now been a report of one dead and nine injured in this shooting with two arrests and they had to set up child reunification stations yeah. where people running from the gunfire at this parade yeah you know you lose your kid or the kids go running or whatever happens in the crowd. So there's now people that, you know, have to find their children. Anyway, they've got the uh, the child reunification station set up at the entrance to Union Station there. They still have several kids that need to uh, be reunified with their parents. So it's kind of a scary thing. Um, there were some people carried away on stretchers. Again, one dead, nine injured in this Kansas City shooting near the Chiefs Super Bowl parade and rally. BA, we're BA saying where? I'm ex-law enforcement and have a mm -hmm. ton of guns. I want more restrictions. Yeah. Um, Sandy saying most Americans want common sense gun laws. The government is not mm -hmm. doing what the majority of us want. Isn't that the truth? Uh, BA, we're also saying John Kennedy, Ted Cruz, and Lisa Murkowski accept the most political contr contributions from the NRA. I think contributions need to be outlawed. I think all um, political offices need to be publicly funded. I know it's a lot of money, but there's no other way to stop the corruption. I mean, you're always going to have like sneaky corruption, mm -hmm. but this is just blatant corruption, right? You can paint it any way you want. How is this different than a developing nation that's open about, you know, their corruption? You know, in Azerbaijan, the number one pol uh, political uh, official, uh, I think he was on CNN talking about how like he's proud that he takes money. Right. And that they're open about their corruption. How is this any different from that? Deidre says my niece in Texas will not go to any large events anymore due to her fear of a mass shooting. How I think how about sad. it, even here I, in the city, because I don't really do. like crowds. But like yeah. I, you know, maybe in the past I would have gone through and um, sometimes I just don't. Yeah. You know, I heard a. I think I, I've, I've talked about it on a Mark show on the radio. I, I heard and saw a shooting at um, fourth and market so caddy corner from the mall and this was like 3 p.m you know and i just stopped walking down market street when i'd walked home um because there are crowds there you know it's sad Lori says now you have to talk to your kids about where to reunite in the case of violence whenever you go to an event sad and upsetting that's true things we didn't think of i was telling a couple years ago i took julia to see hamilton in san francisco yeah and i'm looking around and i'm thinking and i told her i said okay if something happens we're in the back we're in a good spot here's what we're going to do here's yeah. how we get out of this place because you have to think about that now if you're in a theater or if you're at an, a public event you have to think about it 
and how sad yeah. that we have to think about it. I like the days when we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I think about it when my mom my mom likes to go in the city once a week and um you know, at the height of all the, you know, when all the robbers wrapping Union mm -hmm. Square, she likes to go to Union Square, likes to go to Macy's. You know, she double double, you know, puts a a a momentary pause and thinks about whether or not it's the smartest thing to, to, for her to do at her age. Like she wouldn't be able to react quickly to anything. Right. right? So I know it's kind of Sad. a Debbie Downer for after party sub, but I uh, know, we'll, uh, but you know, we'll... it's a big breaking story, yeah, and I feel is. like we really need to t need to talk about it. So I will bring you updates as we move on. If anything comes out, um, I'll bring it to you. But let us yeah. move on with our stories and bring a little joy to the world with our penguin. Her penguin has found a bird guide in one of her friends. We all need a friend like this, right? Squid. An African penguin at this the uh, Bird World in Farnham, Surrey, developed cataracts when she was just a little wee chick. Aww. Her friend, named Penguin, uh, steers Squid around their enclosure, helping when she gets disoriented at feeding time. They developed this friendship from a young age, and she's learned to follow him at feeding time. Penguin by the way, also had some struggles, was so sick at birth that he wasn't expected to live, so he wasn't even given a real name. Oh, I was I was going to ask. I was like, wait, they bothered to name Just one? Call and him Penguin because the they didn't think he was going to live. He did live, but he didn't join his group until later in life when he was much better. He was so sick he had to be hand-reared, and then he had to learn how to be a penguin, and he struggled to fit in and eventually became friends with Squid, and the two of them have really been helping each other out ever since um they aren't mature yet but you know penguins tend to mate for life or pair up for life and so we'll see whether they pair themselves we don't know but they are very compatible as friends and i think we have do we have no we don't have video of this one no. but that's really sweet you know i love how they both come into this relationship needing something but probably getting more than they bargained for so that's awesome and animals treating each other better than humans oh totally Mm -hmm. um, from from penguins to flamingos, how a quick thinking flight attendant and several passengers helped save six flamingo egg, eggs aboard a flight. A Seattle yeah. zoo shared a story that just may be our favorite this month. This is CNN speaking. It's about six flamingo eggs, a mid-air air rescue effort, and a heartwarming reunion. Uh, it all started in August of 2023. On this flight, six flamingo eggs from Atlanta's zoo were chosen to be transported to the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle, which had older flamingos that were past their breeding age. The plan was simple. A Woodland Park zookeeper would transport the six eggs from Atlanta, Seattle on a roughly six-hour flight using a portable incubator to keep the eggs warm. But during the flight, the incubator stopped working. Oh, no. <clears throat> the zookeeper quickly looked for help, and as Alaska Airlines flight attendant Amber May approached, the passenger made an unusual request. The passenger rang the call button and asked if I would help keep some eggs warm, May said in a statement mm -hmm. posted by the airline. She wasted no time. May went to the plane's galley, found rubber gloves, and began filling them with warm water. Uh, May brought back the gloves to the zoo official, and they wrapped the gloves around the eggs, forming a, a warm nest. But that wasn't all. Airplane guests who were seated nearby began offering their coats and scarves for extra insulation. May said that she continued to check in on the eggs throughout the rest of the flight and replaced the gloves with new ones when the water inside cooled. According to the airline, the flamingo eggs would not have survived in a non-functioning portable incubator for five hours, according to the Woodland Park Zoo. 
animal care manager. We're so grateful for the creative thinking that led to the safe transport of our precious eggs. Aww. Zoo officials say May's actions and the help of the other passengers helped six uh, help save the uh, lives of six flamingos who eventually hatched into healthy birds the following month. Pretty cool. That's nice. That's a nice thing when people, you know, care and do something that makes a difference like that. Yeah. You know, those penguin, the penguins, those uh, flamingos don't turn pink until they start eating a certain kind of shrimp, and then right. it turns their um, themselves pink. Okay, much uh, much like this show in the background graphics. <laughs> exactly. We've been eating the shrimp. That's what happened. We have uh, purple and pink bacon going on here. Speaking of. Uh, eating <laughs> let's talk about a pregnant stingray oh. who they don't know if she's having clones or if she's having shark babies or what's in there but shark workers babies? at this north carolina aquarium were pretty surprised when this um stingray was found to be pregnant because her only male companions were a pair of sharks Oh, How did she, okay. is immaculate conception? Is she right. having shark babies? Did she clone herself? What is going on? So Baby, the aquarium and shark 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 sharks. Shark, shark, shark. <laughs> the aquarium and shark lab in downtown Hendersonville said the staff initially thought Charlotte the stingray might have cancer when they started to notice swelling. They tested her. She's not only cancer free, she's got four pups up in there is what happened. Um, the first possibility, they say, is called parthogenesis, and that's when eggs develop without fertilization and grow into clones of the mother. Mm. But uh, there's also some sharks in that tank, and it's a pair of male white spot bamboo sharks named Larry and Moe. You know guys named Larry and Moe can't be trusted. They were moved into Charlotte's tank last summer. They started to notice bite marks on Charlotte but saw other fish nipping her so they moved the fish but the biting continued and biting can be a sign of mating behavior in mm. sharks and that has led to the suspicion that maybe larry or mo are responsible here i think we have video yeah let's check this out mm. all right there's your girl charlotte is swimming nicely around in the study tank and she is just like so observant of everything that we're doing today. You can really see her swelling and we're still waiting. Patience is the name of the game right now, friends. Just be patient. We're gonna love her and we're gonna support her and we sure appreciate all of your support. I'll tell you, what a wild ride, right? Thanks for being on the crazy train with us. All right, Charlotte, I have to go get other work done. But she's going to come by one more time. Show you that nice little round poochie belly. Poochie, poochie girl. Okay? <laughs> Bye. Poochie, so they said, girl. we're either going to have partho babies or we're going to have some kind of potential mixed breed. And we're waiting for Jeff Goldblum to show up because they said, right now we're Jurassic Park. We have no idea what's yeah. going on. It looks like it's not going to be a, the mating. I was looking at another story and the expert told the AP the theory is impossible. The two animals are different sizes. Animals wouldn't match up anatomically and neither would their DNA. So we should we'll set the record straight that there aren't well, some shark race shenanigans happening here. Aren't stingrays part of the same family as sharks? Or they're just saying here they wouldn't match up anatomically mm. and, they, and their DNA wouldn't be compatible. So it okay. doesn't matter. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what pops out of her. 
I like that you doubt the uh, the uh, shark expert. I do doubt the shark expert. Tim McAllister, expert. shark I wanna expert. I want to see weird shark stingray babies. Let's make a whole new <laughs> thing. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Uh, I also don't want to work in the shark lab. No. Um, but I have another story, and I think mm. I like this one. A dog fends off a mountain lion tack in a California yard. Security cameras were recording in a California neighborhood when a family's dog fended off an attack from a mountain lion. This was a giant schnauzer named Holly that was let out into her family's Laverne yard just before 9 p.m. Security cameras recorded the moment a mountain lion pounced on the three-year-old 93-pound canine. And we have video. Check this out. It's important to mention that this attack is disturbing as it was caught on security video. Just remember that the dog did survive. The attack itself happened over here in these hills Saturday night at around 9 o'clock. Also in these hills, a lot of wildlife. And that's why this mountain lion and some others are on the it's a hiss still echoing in this neighborhood. We won't show you the full attack, but three-year-old pup Holly was in a fight for her life for nearly a minute in her own backyard when a mountain lion pounced. The cat came in just before nine when Holly stepped out for her nighttime break. Thankfully, her humans were watching and dad started screaming. Distracted the cat and the 93-pound giant schnauzer was able to get up and get free. 20 minutes later, the feline came back looking for its prey, but Holly was safe inside. It's frightening because I have this tiny little dog here. She's a little teacup Yorkie, and obviously we don't let her out, uh, especially at night. Although Holly's humans are too shaken to talk, neighbors are thankful they're sending out the video and the warning, for they have dogs and children too. This makes me feel nervous, and so definitely want to be on the lookout. Scary. Yeah. Um, do they teach uh, that way of speaking in television? We won't show you the full attack. <laughs> Keep in mind, it is disturbing. I never heard you, Kim, talk like that when you no, were I delivering don't. a news report. No. So here's the difference, and I don't think there is a difference, but there's a difference between, uh -oh, technically, radio and TV in that in television, you are reading a script, right? Whereas in radio, they tell you you're supposed to be personable. You're supposed and you're just to... uh, regurgitating your liberal talking points. <laughs> whatever, whatever. The, whether you're on <laughs> uh, the conservative shows or, or the liberal shows, whatever. But you're supposed to be personable. You know, even if you're on a music radio, you're supposed to be conversational. You don't talk like this, which, which means you don't want to be fake. Yeah. Because if you talk like this, then everybody knows that you're not yourself. It was you're... a Los Angeles no. TV station. Yeah, I can't stand it. It's, yeah, and it's I weird. think uh, it makes me feel like that person doesn't have a lot of experience because you should get to the point where you stop doing that. But she's move, in market number two. No, you move to the point, you should move to the point where you're just able to be yourself and tell the story. And that, I think, is when you're... She starts up here yeah. and ends down here. Yeah, I, I don't like that. <laughs> mm -mm. No, thank you. So uh, the dog's okay, and that's what yeah. matters. Did you know um, on the on the uh, animals segment that we just did about the sharks and the, mm. the rays? Yeah, the where it suggests sharks. <laughs> sharks are something completely different. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. The evolution of the shark. Mm. Um, did you know that teasing has been around a really, really, really long time? Did you know that teasing's been around a really long time? <laughs> 
Yes, it has. It's been around a very, very long time. And that is okay. And I thought, here it is. Teasing is as old as time. There it is. Aww. Yeah, it turns out primates have been teasing each other for 13 million years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Tickling, poking, and teasing each other. Even before most human babies can say mama, they tease. The behavior is important because playful teasing is a critical part of human interaction and development. A baby has to get enough social intelligence and be able to recognize and appreciate that their actions can mess with another person's expectation of what is coming next. Uh, humans are not the only primates <laughs> that, that do this. This behavior has been documented in four different species of great ape. The basic forms likely evolved in the human lineage 13 million years ago. And all of this about teasing is in a study published February 13th in the February. journal Proceedings of the Royal Society B Biological Sciences. It is all there, black and white, clear as crystal. Uh, you know, teasing, babies can offer a toy, take it back, uh, pull some kind of surprise. But psychologists say this is called, they, they've named it, provocative noncompliance. Developmentally, it shows a baby is beginning to understand that there are social rules or expectations that can be violated. So a team of scientists from institutions in Germany and the United States observed, unfortunately, captive orangutans, chimpanzees, bonobos, and gorillas, and they analyzed spontaneous social interactions that appeared to be playful, mildly harassing, or provocative. The team watched and noticed... It sounds like the Mark Thompson show. Doesn't it? The team uh, watched and noted the <laughs> teaser's actions. We could do a study on that show. Uh, bodily movements, facial expressions how long the target of the teasing responded and assessed what the teaser's intention could have been by searching for evidence that the behavior was directed toward a specific target, uh, that it continued, whether it intensified that type of thing, or whether the teasers waited for a response from their target. Uh, All four wears asking teasing story on a Valentine's Day. Who's running this show? Uh -huh. <laughs> and the answer would be Kim. Kim's stories are Kim's and my story are mine. So it's true. It's 50, it's Although 50 sometimes 50. I'll give you stories and sometimes you give me stories, but you know. Right. Yeah. Only if they're like, you know, bugs. And I know you like to report on the like doom and gloom and bugs. What else do you like? Really? Doom and gloom is all you give me? That's not true. <laughs> Honestly. Happy Valentine's Day to you too, pal. Happy Valentine's Day. So the team identified eight, teasing. 18 <laughs> distinct <laughs> teasing behaviors, including tickling, poking, hair pulling, hiding under an object, these type of things. And a lot of those were used to get a response from their target. Dipping uh, ponytails in inkwells? That that's kind of thing? all of it. All of West it. West Theory. Wes, With that's no joke. Thing. Wes yes. ain't teasing us. Thank you for the $5, Wes. Happy Valentine's Day to you, friend. Thank you, Wes. Thank you. Happy Valentine's they said it was common for the teasers to repeatedly wave or swing a body part or object. A body in the part? Middle Can you be more specific? Uh, I cannot. In the, <laughs> the target's field of vision, hit or poke them, stare closely at their face, disrupt their movements or pull on their hair, or perform other behaviors extremely difficult for the target to ignore. Dieter saying, you just described my 23-year-old son. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've just described both of my kids. Anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun study. It just shows we've been teasing each other for as long as time has been, right? Yeah.
Uh, Mama saying, my baby blows raspberries when he goes number two and laughs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, that's nice. I love it. Anyway, cool. yeah. Okay. Teasing each um, other on Valentine's Day. It's all right. Speaking of uh, teasing uh, uh, younger animals, gotta be careful how I phrase this. Mm. Um, Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> Gen Z, they are um, choosing Texas for their new home. Is that surprising to you? Yes, because these are young people of childbearing age. The last place they should want to be is Texas. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. Um, from oversized hats, speaking of yeehaw, to clear blue skies rising from gigantic pristine ranches. Everything's bigger in Texas, even except for your rights. Uh, the number of rights, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the state's young workforce force is expanding. Texas is reeling in more Gen Z movers than any other state, according to analysis by um, Zillow. Zillow pulled its data from the U.S. Census Bureau's 2022 American Community Survey. Texas netted over 76,000 Gen Z movers beating out California and Florida, which placed second and third, uh, respectively, with 40,000 each. The net takes into account these those moving into the states minus those moving out, right? Mm-hmm. So today, Gen Z generally refers to those that are aged 12 to 27, according to Pew. Uh, Gen Z movers are likely drawn to the opportunities in these states despite the higher costs of living. Uh, they may also be in a stage of life where they're willing and able to be flexible in their standards of living while starting their careers, uh, whereas Kim is not because she likes her rights. Um, with Texas attracting <laughs> so much young talent, imagine that it puts the state firmly ahead of others competing uh, to build a workforce for the future, um, according to a, an economist with Labor IQ. Um, you know, just uh, just today, my cousin Grant sent me a story um, about Austin, Texas, and apparently. They um, they were um, profiled by a um, uh, by some group that was ranking cities and said that Austin is one of the most functional cities. Um, mm-hmm. They have like the highest rate of um, wage uh, uh, in- increase um, and that people are doing well in a, a lot of different categories. So if you're going to move to Texas, I would recommend uh, Austin or Bee Cave. Yeah, but if you have a daughter who's, you know, coming into her teenage years and you know getting to maybe become a woman maybe that's not the best place for you i'm just saying or if she's gonna live there give her some like southwest gift cards <laughs> something get out of there quick. um by the way update uh update on the super bowl thing and i know i keep bringing the party down i'm sorry at least one person dead we told you earlier now as many as 14 injured so they are uh, increasing the toll of the injured and here's how that it's broken down in addition to the fatality, they have three patients in critical condition, five in serious condition, one with non-life-threatening injuries. So um, that's the, the latest on this. Open, someone opened fire, or at least two people arrested uh, for opening fire at the Chiefs Super Bowl Victorial, uh, Victor Chiefs Rally, Parade and Rally in Kansas City. And the Kansas City quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, uh, has just posted something saying praying for Kansas City, right? Yeah. Uh, praying that doctors and first responders would have steady hands and pray for all that would experience full healing is what they're saying. So that's the latest on that. Let's take okay. a break. We'll come back on the other side. And um, yeah. we've got a story about Roman eggs. And, yeah, uh, this is a weird one. You want to miss it. It's coming and, next. And a story about ancient Romans using hallucinogenic drugs. It's oh, all about the Romans. we're going back in time. All right. Yeah, coming up next. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey, 
and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Well, we have you. If you could click like and subscribe, we would appreciate the help on that. Yeah, share uh, the show on Facebook. Absolutely. Thank you to our ongoing contributors, Tony C., Rachel C., and Brian V. Ooh, yeah. Kind of rhymed. How's it go? Well, much appreciated. We thank also you for want to thank the show our regular contributor, Wes T., who comes in yeah. every day with uh, some support for the show. Yeah, super uh, chat. It is a small super budget. stickers are open. So. It is the shortest month of um, the year. February. And, uh, you know, so it's challenging to uh, meet our fundraising goal. So every contribution that February. you make uh, in February, mm-hmm. uh, February uh, helps us uh, significantly. Deidre coming in to $5 for Archie. Hey. Kim McAllister. Oop, wrong button. Oh. Apologize for that. Um, Kim McAllister, <laughs> that's you. Uh, we'll have to miss next week Maui Bound on Saturday. Oh, nice. Ooh, wow. nice. Aloha. I'm, I'm becoming a little jealous. Yeah. I've been to Hawaii I'm in starting a long to get time. pretty jealous of you too, Deidre. This is yeah. the truth. Uh, BA right. Ware with $5. Appreciate you guys. Oh, have a great you. Valentine's Eve. Um, thank you. Happy Valentine's to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Beware. Yeah. Appreciate Love that. you guys. You're awesome. So Let's Roman eggs. Roman eggs. Yeah, this Roman egg. It, you know what's crazy is these things are found like this, in intact or with still parts and goo inside and whatever. Mm. It, this Roman egg, like a Cadbury was, cream egg, kind of. Yeah. Don't tell it Domino's. Was, don't you? Don't put a cookie on it. This Roman egg was found in Islesbury, and it still has contents after seventeen. 17- hundred years archaeologists shocked to find yolk and albumin that may reveal secrets about the bird that laid this egg it was a cache of 1700 year old speckled chicken eggs discovered in a roman pit during a dig in buckinghamshire but archaeologists and natural uh, naturalists say a scan revealed one of these eggs recovered intact still has liquid and they think it's this mix of yolk and albumin Ellsbury egg is what Islesbury egg is what they're calling one of the four that were found alongside a woven basket pottery vessels were nearby there was some leather shoes the animal bone so this is in 2010 the site was being explored because that someone was moving in to develop it all right so experts extracted them as carefully as possible three broke and it was this sulfurous smell from hell but one of the egg can you imagine <laughs> 1700 year old egg oh that's a smelling hey it's uh, organic one of these eggs was removed intact and complete so oxford archaeology which oversaw the excavation uh wanted to know what's in there they said usually we find pieces of shells but no eggs intact right uh the egg turned out to be more amazing it's got liquid the yolk the white uh the albumin and the yolk though appear to have become mixed together 
They might have expected it to leach out over the centuries, but it was still there. Absolutely incredible. They call it maybe the oldest egg of its type in the world. It had been deliberately, deliberately placed in this pit that was used for malting and brewing, and there was a wet area next to a Roman road, and it may have been where the eggs were placed there maybe as some type of offering. The basket they found might also have contained bread. So for a while, it was displayed in the Natural History Museum. But, you know, they're trying to study it and figure out more about it to figure out maybe more about the bird that laid it. Uh, but as of now, the egg ranks as one of the coolest, most challenging archaeological finds to investigate and to conserve. So, you know, how do you break it and look at what's inside without totally screwing up what you found? Anyway. That's going on. I just thought that was really cool how that could thing thing could have survived all this just time. Just got a ultrasound and I don't know, do x-rays, I guess. Yeah, maybe like a, a long needle, like a an amniocentesis of the old egg. Or just appreciate it and leave it alone. Oh, there's that. that. Um Who's now that? continuing on the Roman theme. Disco ancient Jesus. Romans. These are ancient <laughs> Romans. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, used the poisonous nightshade black henbane. As a hallucinogenic drug, according to a new study, this is interesting. It's like, how do they do this? Mm. Evidence of the intentional use of black henbane in the Roman Netherlands, conducted in ancient Roman ruins of the Houten Castellum uh, in the Netherlands. According oh, yeah. To their claims. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. The seeds of the plant in question, <laughs> black henbane, were found in a hollowed sheep or goat bone and uh, are ubiquitous in archaeological sites throughout the Netherlands, according to the researchers. That's how they found it. So you're saying uh, they did drugs and stored it in goat bones? Yeah, bro. It was like... Uh... <laughs> Wait. I don't necessarily <laughs> know if this is a good thing, but okay. And if California finds them, they're going to sell them. Uh, oh. <laughs> they're not bongs, but close enough, right? While the researchers found black henbane seeds in a pot and a pit dating to the Roman era, these did not necessarily point to intentional use. Rather, in a basket with four cooking pots, the researchers found the complete flower head of the black henbane, which they said was an abandonment offering. An additional artifact suggests that such a use is the hollowed uh, sheep or goat bone. Found in a pit dated between 70 and 100 CE, the bone had been crafted, and the end of the femur was sealed with black material, which indicates the bone was intentionally used as an object. Um, archaeo, archaeobotanical examination, never heard of that word. Mm. Um, Found archaeobotanical. That the, uh, we like that. <laughs> archaeobotanical. Uh, digest. Uh, found plant. that the bone originally contained some 1,000 black henbane seeds and others estimating mm. uh, it to be as many as 4,000. The bone had been deposited at the top of the pit with additional skeletons, with the which the researchers interpreted as an abandonment offering. In the frame of this ritual, the farmhouse is destroyed. Its contents are interred. Uh, according to these uh, researchers. Such a use, in addition to the seeds being found in a container, suggests medicinal or hallucinogenic uses. Um, the black henbane was widely known in ancient times. Writers such as uh, uh, Diasores, uh, I don't know, sure, and Pliny the not? Elder. We know Pliny the Younger. This is Pliny the Elder. Yeah. Um, mention, you know that one, <laughs> mention the plant. <laughs> His son's done a lot. Um, mentioned the plant in their writing. The latter distinguished between the plant and the black seeds, which could cause insanity, while the white one was used for medicinal purposes. Oh. Um, they referred to it as a poisonous plant. So, yeah, kind of interesting that uh, drugs are nothing new. Uh, yeah, drugs are nothing new. Teasing is nothing new. 
these you know we really have to shake it up as human beings we've been doing the same crap for as long as we can imagine and you may not be addicted to drugs but you may be addicted to this nest next grocery store or store mm, i can tell you that i am so the study is oh, in yeah. people the study is in what is the best grocery store you can tell by the way this looks Costco is better than Trader Joe's and Whole Foods for grocery shopping. I wouldn't say Costco is better than Trader Joe's. It's just different than Trader yeah, Joe's. Yeah, I would call it different. Mm, no, that's not how this worked out. Especially the American, for a single person, it's much different. The you American can't get everything there. American Customer Satisfaction Index report has been released. It is an annual rating. And it revealed that Costco holds the highest ranking in a list that includes 19 other major grocery store chains across America. On a satisfaction scale from 1 to 100, Costco got an 85. Oh, Trader except, Joe's. Except with that guy on the right. 84. He doesn't look very impressed, the guy on no, the bottom right. He's like, why are you taking my picture? Yeah. Only one point difference. 85 to 84. Whole Foods gets 82 so these are the top three. Scores were based on more than 40,000 interviews with customers chosen at random who responded via email. They asked people to evaluate their experience with grocery chains from January to December of 2023 in various categories, the convenience of store locations, the store layout, the prices, um, and what they liked. The reason Costco probably won is because they people like the prices there. Prices. Yeah, and I mean, the, they're getting a bigger, They people think they're getting a bigger value through the quantity discounts. You are on certain things, especially mm -hmm. if they last. If something lasts for me as a single person, if I can buy something that is, you know, shelf stable or mm -hmm. can go in the freezer and will last, then usually, but you have to keep your eye on prices. Some mm -hmm. things are a little misleading. And if you th end up throwing things out, you're not really saving money. You know what's so fine, interesting about this photo? Look at all the people on the right-hand side that only have like a few items in their cart. Oh, they're just getting started. It's the other people going the other way. They've already done their shopping. This is the oh, they're going. Oh, they're going in? They're going in. This is like a backup? Wow, the I traffic's guess. really bad at this location. This is the line. That looks like the back of the store behind them. but um, <laughs> I don't know. The guy on the left has figured it out. Uh, yeah. The second guy. Um, I've never seen that many carts with... Uh, Two items, three items. What's interesting is the survey found customers do gravitate to Costco for their Kirkland signature goods, yeah. that they make it stand apart from other big chain markets. Uh, the Kirkland stuff is considered cool. It's become one of the main reasons people go to Costco. I didn't know that. There are mm. even TikTok and Instagram accounts dedicated to identifying the best products there. Yeah, I stumbled on one of those. Mm. Costco has like hundreds of thousands of viewers. Subscribers, oh, he's doing something really. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we should Costco, start Costco. We should have a daily Costco update. Costco has 874 warehouses around the world, they plan to open more this year. They have new stores in Newark, a new one in Sacramento is expected to open in March as well. So, they're way building to go, that Costco. huge mega Costco in Fresno, right? Oh, that, that's right, it's supposed to be the world's biggest Costco, yeah, like the uh, Costco Mecca calling you home. Al Anonymous saying, I like Sprouts over Trader Joe's, but a bit pricey. Yeah, the thing about Sprouts, my mom went to Sprouts. She stopped going there, actually, because she she said you can't really get everything there. Mm -hmm. Have you ever shopped there? Once one or twice. I, meh. It's not a full service grocery store, right? It doesn't have – there's a lot no, of organic I it, foods. I think it's a, it's a grocery it's like – it's like a Whole Foods, but not as expensive as Whole Foods. But it doesn't have everything. I don't she said she can never find everything. I don't know if they – maybe – I don't even know if they have meat. But anyway – um, and then let's see, uh, Gordon saying, I would expect traders would have more friendly clerks. 
I think a lot of that has to do with the sheer volume because I think most employees at Costco are relatively happy, but yeah. you know they're constantly, you know, scanning and working and like I feel like Trader Joe's the the pace is a little slower. Yeah, um, the thing about Trader, an... go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go. My bad. No, you no, go. you go. It's Valentine's Day. You go. Oh, you're so sweet. Maybe. I would I would expect the stress level <laughs> to be a little lower at Trader Joe's. I think so too. Although one of the things I like about Trader Joe's is that. You can get things there that you can't get anywhere else. So they have a lot of specialty items that draw you into the store because you can't find them in other places. Like yeah. recently, my I think my husband came home with these little Valentine's heart cake things. And they're so good. We we they also came in pumpkins when uh, for Halloween, the same kind of thing. But there are things there, chips, uh, all kinds of specialty dessert items and little snack foods yeah. that you can only find there. And that may be similar with Kirkland but, items. But as, as Meredith well. points out, Costco encourages overindulgence and purchase of fattening yeah. treats. They have plenty of treats. Um, so does Trader yeah. Joe's. That um, whole row of like cookies and candies and things. Yeah, Lori's saying you must calculate the per ounce cost. That's what yeah. I generally do when I have time. Mm -hmm. Many times the bigger size is more per unit cost. A lot of times prices are listed per different units, so you need to convert and do the math. Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, you know, blindly just buying the things I always buy. Mm -hmm. And I was buying like the Special K uh, cereal. And it's like $10 now for two bags. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I know the price on everything in cereal. It's probably more expensive at Safeway, but I'm like, oh, that's not really cheap yeah. anymore. You're like, do I really want that? <laughs> uh, and I, I went to Trader Joe's for the first time in a while. And I, it's funny when you don't see something for a while, you like, you yeah. see somebody and like, oh, you got a haircut. I went to, <laughs> went to Trader Joe's. I'm like, oh, all your products got a haircut. Like everything is smaller. Like the bag of the multicolored chips. It's like this big now instead yeah. of this big. Um, the, the Persian cucumbers, you know, I'm partial to that. Instead of having mm -hmm. like a eight or 10 or whatever, it was like yeah. four or five. Right. Oh. Everything. The packaging was all smaller. It was very noticeable. I think they're not as um, clever as the other ones. Um, a lot of products are doing that. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And even the, yeah. even President Biden was talking about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to You kind of have to keep your eye on that. Um, yeah. Um, Lori, you would be proud of me. I think you would be proud of me. <laughs> I made my daughter do word problems last night <laughs> because Thomas. I was I was making a class. Uh, Valentine's Day class activity for my son's fourth grade class. And I only had a certain number of gummy bears and a certain number of toothpicks that I needed to section out between, divide up between 28 kids. So I said, if how many, it was like a word problem, how many uh, gummy bears are in each bag and how many toothpicks are in each box, mm. right? How many, if I have 28 bags, how many do I need to put in each bag? They're making this, like a, uh, it's a gummy bear, like a gummy candy tower. Right. Yeah, I've seen those. Kind of yeah. like, you know, make your best tower, make your strongest tower type of thing. But I only had, I want to say 20 or 30 gummies per kid. And it looked like I had bags and bags and bags of gummy bears. But when you divided it all up, each kid really didn't get that much. So anyway, sounds like the American economy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of America, the top five most dangerous cities in America. When we think about the most dangerous cities in America, what do you think of? Think of mm, New York, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles. Yeah. New York, Oakland. Um, However, when it comes yeah. to crime rates and safety concerns, it's often the smaller cities at the top of the list. These cities, which may not dominate the headlines as much, 
face significant challenges contributing to their high crime rates. Mm. Many of the cities are top tourist destinations, places, places you've likely visited or planned to go or, you know, for work or pleasure. Sure. Uh, adding to the complexity of the urban survey, research from Drexel University highlights an intriguing aspect, the impact of weather on crime rates. Their decade-long study in Philadelphia found that violent crime and disorderly conduct rates rose with the temperature. Specifically, when the heat index hit 98, violent crimes were 9% higher than on days when it was 57 degrees. This suggests that environmental factors like extreme heat can exacerbate tensions contributing to the spike in crime. Um, what else contributes to crime rates? Another study conducted in Baltimore, which did not make the list despite being quite dangerous, reveals that liquor stores have a higher association with violent crime than places like bars where people are drinking on site. The statistics show that every 10% increase in alcohol purveyors of any kind was associated with a 4.2% increase in violent crime in the surrounding area. Um, how are the most dangerous cities on this list ranked? Most lists crunch the numbers using data based on crime rates, conflict levels, socioeconomic factors, health risks, law enforcement, effectiveness, and international safety reports. Each list tends to weigh the factors differently. So our list featured the cities most often named uh, the most dangerous among the seven websites that were sourced. Um, and uh, here we go. Number one, Bessemer, Alabama. Uh, there's some disturbing numbers here. According to Traveling Lifestyle, the odds of becoming a crime victim in Bessemer are one in nine. Ooh. This places the city of 27,000 at the top <laughs> of the list as the most dangerous city in the United States. Um, again, of course, this is depending on how you're looking at things. Bessemer is located just 16 miles south of Birmingham, another city that made the list. Uh, New York Post says Bessemer has uh, seen a spike in physical violence, property crime, and motor theft. Um, number two, Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I knew this from people I know mm. that, that live there and, and just from passing through. I'm like, I got mm -hmm. that vibe. Like, I'm not staying here very long. Memphis is much different than uh, the place where Elvis Presley walked the halls of Graceland. Now it has a crime rate that is 237% higher than the national, uh, national Holy average. Holy mackerel. Wow. Yeah. Most dangerous neighborhoods in Memphis, downtown, uh, and, and a couple others. Um, if you visit Memphis, traveling lifestyle reminds you to keep your wits about you, especially at night, so you don't become a victim. Uh, the Memphis Police Department has spent decades trying to reduce the crime rate. Um, the city uses reporting data to identify and target hotspots around the city, um, and they post it to their uh, their uh, police department website. But yeah, um, be careful if you go to Memphis. Another place, St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, mm. While the St. Louis Arch may be welcoming, you may not get a homey feeling if you come into the harm's way when visiting St. Louis. According to a Property Club, you have a 1 in 50 chance of being targeted by a criminal in the gateway to the West uh, it's been difficult for St. Louis to find its way off the list due to the high poverty rates and unemployment. Um, that's, you know, another thing to keep in mind. St. Louis has the third highest crime per capita um, rate. Number four, not really surprising, Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit is no stranger to danger. Coming in at number four. Coming <laughs> in at number four. Uh, efforts under remain underway to re try to revitalize some of these areas to reduce crime. The Motor City may be known for auto manufacturing, but it's also known for the high crime. It's several times the national average, making it one of the most uh, dangerous cities. Number five, Birmingham, Alabama, back to Alabama. Um, uh, Traveling Lifestyle reports local authorities in Birmingham have tried to reduce crime, but it remains higher than 98% of other communities in the state. Um, so yeah, there you go. Those are some uh, cities not to not to visit. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> or if you do visit, make sure you uh, you know again keep your wits about you. Yeah, scary. Well, I want to make sure that I get this story in um, because I know we're running out of time. But I want to tell you about the googly eye. Look at that. That's not Photoshop. That's a real picture. And I never thought about this before, but it turns out that 
uh, lunar eclipses look different from different planets, right? I mean, obviously, I just, you don't really, maybe I don't really contemplate it until you're faced with a picture like this. You've and had then, other things to, thir- uh, to I have other I have other fish to fry up in here. Uh, but yeah, this is from Mars. A Martian solar eclipse turns the sun into a giant googly eye. Look at that. It does look like a googly eye, doesn't it? This is a picture captured by NASA's Perseverance rover as it crossed in front of the sun last week. On Mars, they've already experienced a celestial uh, shadow event this year. This happened on February 8th. The February. Ast- Thank you, Gene. The asteroid sized Martian moon crossed in front of the sun above the Jezero crater. You know where that is. Oh, uh, yeah, just, right by the Whole Foods. <laughs> just so happening to host uh, NASA's Perseverance rover. As the Phobos continued across the sky, Percy's Perseverance's left mast cam- camera angled away from its usual landscape, Vista subject matter toward the satellite and it snapped a few dozen pictures for project coordinators back at nasa's jet propulsion lab here in california the images show a very different full uh, full lunar eclipse than the ones we receive on earth every two and a half years or so and they think it's because the of the size of phobos's shape the moon doesn't fully cover the sun instead what is really a a misshapen hunk of rock just blocks a small part of the star as it continues along its path so it looks more like a googly eye than a cosmic calendar occurrence but it's still pretty cool so that's what it looks like from mars when you get a lunar eclipse kind of looks like a like a muppet eye like a cookie monster <laughs> looks like, like a ping pong ball with a you know a looks- giant black olive in the middle Oh, yeah, it kind of looks like an olive or a Death Star that's, you know, seen better days. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know what is also interesting? Mm. This whack job, um, Tucker Carlson, and not to get too political, but he says Moscow is so much nicer than any city in the United States. Oh, by all means, they would welcome you with open arms there. (laughs) You you might not be able to say whatever you want, Tucker Carlson, but go ahead, do your show from there. Describing his visit to Moscow in an interview, um... Radical, uh, calling he, he called the city basically prettier than any other in the United States. Following oh. the interview with Putin last week, Carlson praised the city of Moscow um, with uh, speaking to the world's government's summit in Dubai. He called the visit shocking and disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Moscow, rather. Um, mm-hmm. It is so much nicer than any city in my country. I had no idea. My father spent a lot of time there in the 80s when he worked for the U.S. government, and they barely had electricity. And now it's so much cleaner and safer and prettier aesthetically. It's architecture, it's food, it's service than any city in the United States that you have to. And this is not ideological. How did it happen? How did that happen? Well, (laughs) if you disagree with the government, you disappear. There's that, right? Uh, Carlson named Tokyo and several other cities as wonderful, wonderful places to live that would likely surprise Americans. At a certain point, I don't think the average person cares as much about abstractions as the concrete reality of this life, uh, the former Fox News host said. Is speaking with privilege, obviously. And if you can't use your subway, for example, as many people are afraid to do in New York City because it's too dangerous, you you have to sort of wonder: isn't the ultimate? Isn't that the ultimate measure of leadership? Well, yeah, if you're willing to throw out democracy, yeah. you know, there's that. But anyway, I just thought that was ridiculous. I wanted to it's mention it's very that. ridiculous, even more ridiculous than you know 
a woman of childbearing age moving to Texas is him to, to say that. Now, yeah. maybe he was on his way out and he had to say something nice so he wouldn't get arrested at the airport no, for being he an American. Be a, he, he wanted to uh, be a provocateur. Um, whatever. Yeah. You may you not have what? any freedom, but... Uh, to, w- to which I say... Fascism's great. <laughs> then go and enjoy it. If you want, like it so much, then go check out yeah, and move until it you're and in move prison. there. Right. Uh, yikes. All right. Where are we going? What shall I do next, John? Well, Bailey? we have five or six minutes, so okay. mean, do you want to go back to Canterbury? I will go back to Canterbury. This is a cathedral that is so old, and it is so beautiful. And... It's being used for a silent disco, and there's a lot of people not happy about this. It is one of the UK's oldest, most important cathedrals, and they're hosting two 90s-themed silent Who, discos. Who's upset about it? Is it Lord uh, Stick Up His Butt Lord from yesterday? Bethel? No, it's not him. Cadbury it's... cookies and now silent disco. <laughs> this church, this cathedral, was founded in 597 CE. That's ah, old. It is the seat of Britain's most senior bishop, the Archbishop of Canterbury. You know him. Yeah. Uh, the head of the worldwide Anglican communion. It if posted about this, the cathedral uh, on social media it says it's a fantastic atmosphere. They've got another disco scheduled for Friday evening. They say they're overwhelming response to this whole disco thing has been positive with a lot of people saying they're pleased that the cathedral is hosting this kind of event the 3000 tickets sold out in 3 hours i would argue this and i'm not not that i'm not fun we all know how fun i am but <laughs> if you have a church this old and you have something to protect something that is revered by people in the, in the UK if not the world this is the, you know, Canterbury Cathedral. You don't invite 3,000 people in to dance and go crazy at a party and possibly wreck it or damage it, right? This is a an, uh, a building to be preserved and protected. Right. Well, the Dean of Canterbury, the very Reverend Dr. David Monteith, saying in a statement, the disco is categorically not a rave in the nave, saying it would be appropriate and very respectful to the cathedral. But as the people are dancing inside at the silent disco, Christian protesters were outside calling for the disco to stop. They've got a petition going. They've got more it's than silent. seven... <laughs> It Silent. is. What are you complaining about? Jeez. <laughs> They've got more than 1,700 signatures on the petition. They say um, they don't want this holy site to uh, have any anything profane with a disco, and that it would show that Christians do not take their faith or holy places seriously. So they want it to stop. But Monteith the very reverend, said that cathedrals have always been a part of the community life in a way much wider than their prime focus as centers for Christian worship and mission. So whether people choose to come to Canterbury Cathedral primarily as worshipers, sightseers, or attendees at our events, it's always joyous to see them discover this incredible place anew and on their own terms. Uh, the Disco's organizer, Silent Disco's in Incredible Places, has hosted other events in other British cathedrals, and they already are saying on Instagram that they work with more than half of the country's major cathedrals, so this is not a new thing. But that it happened at the Canterbury Cathedral? Well. Uh, yeah. 
Clutch your Calvin's, pearls. Calvin's saying devil worship music playing silently. <laughs> I could get down with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, what have do you, you, been, what do you, have you think, been to a silent Satan? disco? I haven't. I think it would be really fun, though. Is everyone I listening did go to, to something one, different? I did go to one in um, in Venice uh, with a couple friends that I met. I made friends with a couple, uh, a, a guy and a girl. And we went to um, the Peggy Guggenheim Museum. Oh. You know, she was a big art collector. Yeah. And it's right there, right there on the water. It's really cool. It was beautiful. It's kind of cool. This It's kind of like, um, what's, uh, is it the, uh, not the Exploratorium, what's the um, the place that has the wine that you can go out on Thursday nights? Uh, what's the, the in Golden Gate Park? Academy. Academy of Sciences. Yeah, they have that mm-hmm. Thursday night where you can socialize and drink wine and kind of sure. like take in take in the the um, museum in a different way or the yeah. uh, the you know the the spot the learn about things and, mm-hmm. and socialize and it, it was cool it was nice it was beautiful and I um, it was silent so you know the neighbors aren't complaining or shouldn't I don't think I mean Why I not? guess if you're having three thousand people in an ancient cathedral that you know is a relic and that should be protected. I would worry that something uh, would get chipped, knocked over, stolen, what have well, you. Well, presumably they're bringing in money, so you'd have money to fix it. I think they should be happy that people mm. are even going into the church, right? I don't know. Mm. I mean, a place like this, this is a big tourist spot, too. People want to go look at this place. Yeah. This is incredible. I, I mean, as long as they have security to control it and make sure that it's treated respectfully, yeah. I don't see any problem with dancing in a church, you know? Right. Um, one one quick story to end us out. I think you'll like this. Mm. How you smell sheds light <laughs> on how healthy you are. <laughs> Hundreds of chemicals stream from our bodies into the air every second. Did you know that? These chemicals release some some of us more than others. I think these chemicals release into the air easily as they have high vapor pressure, meaning they boil and turn into gases at room temperature, and they give us clues as to who we are and how healthy we are. Since hmm. ancient Greek times. We've known that we smell differently when we're not well. While we rely on blood analysis today, Greek physicians used smell to diagnose um, illnesses. If they took a whiff of your breath and described it as um, fetor hepaticus, meaning Mm. bad liver, it meant that you could be headed for liver failure. If a person's whiff was sweet or fruity, physicians thought this meant that sugars in the digestive system were not being broken down and that the person probably had diabetes. Oh. Science has since shown that the ancient Greeks were right. Liver failure and diabetes and many other diseases, including infectious diseases, give your breath a distinctive smell. Huh. In 1971, Nobel laureate chemist Linus Pauling counted 250 gaseous chemicals in breath. And these chemicals are called volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, which you've probably heard of. Um, since Pauling's discovery, other scientists have discovered hundreds more VOCs in our breath, and they've learned that many of the VOCs have distinctive odors, but some have no odor that our noses can perceive. Scientists believe that whether a VOC has an odor that our nose can detect or not, uh, they can reveal information about how healthy somebody is. Uh, Scottish man's Parkinson's disease, uh, the onset was identified by his wife, a retired nurse, after she was convinced that the way he smelled had changed. Years before he was diagnosed in 2005, and that discovery led to research programs uh, involving her to identify the precise smell of the disease. And of course, dogs can sniff out more diseases than humans because they're their more Mm -hmm. sophisticated olfactory, back to the olfactory, uh, talents. But technological techniques like analytical tools, mass uh, spectrometers, pick up Mm -hmm. even more subtle changes in VOC profiles that are linked to gut, skin, respiratory diseases, as well as neurological diseases like Parkinson's. So 
researchers believe that one day some diseases will be diagnosed simply by breathing into a device. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I have a, my hearing is awful, but I have a really good uh, sense of smell. So maybe I'll have to start sniffing out my people to see if uh, everybody's uh, on the up I and think up somebody's, over here. Somebody's sniffing you behind you right now. Oh, that's the dog. Yeah. The dog <laughs> Hi, Charlotte. Happy Valentine's Charlotte Day. Charlotte wanted to get in on the story. Uh, one last update again as we cover this uh, situation that's going on in Kansas City where 14 people were shot at the end of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City. One person has been killed, at least uh, 13 or 14 injured, uh, several in critical conditions, several in serious condition, two people under arrest, and uh, the thoughts and prayers are already coming out uh, from members of the Kansas City Chiefs team. Of course, something needs to be done more substantial than that, uh, but our hearts here in 49ers country go out to them. Uh, and unfortunately, in nothing City. will be done here no, in the United States. Guns. Um, thank you for joining us. We want to thank our yeah. ongoing contributors, Tony C., Rachel C., and Brian V., and then we had our super stickers, West T with his contribution, $5, Deidre with $5, Yay. and BA Ware with $5. Thank you, guys. You make Thank the show you. happen. Um, can't say it enough. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's, John Daly. Happy Valentine's Day. We yeah. weren't too cynical, were we? Uh, I no. Wasn't. I mean, this is definitely a tough day with uh, with some tough news, but that doesn't mean that we don't have all yeah. the love for all of y'all. So thank you. Thanks for joining us yeah. in our uh, purple bacon today. Yeah. <laughs> have a we'll great afternoon. Tomorrow. Bye. We'll see you tomorrow oh, with uh, trivia. Click like before you go. Please click like and subscribe. Thank you, Thanks. guys. Bye-bye.